Welcome to the Third City Christian Church Podcast. This week's message is Holiday Leftovers, Part 4, Kindness, recorded Sunday, November 26, 2023. If you have a story about how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email to podcast at thirdcityc.org. Now here's Parker with today's message. We're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're talking about Paul showing us the most excellent way to live out our vision here at Third City of love unlimited. And here's how it goes. So this is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're going to do something. It's kind of old school. While we're trying new things, we're going to do this together. If you've been to traditional church and you've been waiting for this day, Merry Christmas. We're going to read this scripture together out loud. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Okay. I got one. Let's go. That's great. Okay. All right. I'll read slow. You just follow me. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Beautiful. So far we've hit the top of the list. Last week we talked about patience, about stretching out our ability to keep our mouths shut and to love people around us, to be quick to listen and slow to speak. And this week we're talking about kindness, and you will see that they go hand in hand. So I got a question. Have you ever heard of the term value violation? Value. Very simple. Okay, here's what it is. You have a value that you hold deeply in your heart, and it is violated. It's that simple. Here's a good example. You value being on time. Someone is not on time. You throw a tizzy fit, and you get upset, and that, okay, that was your value, and boom, it was violated. You know, um, John Madden, boom, violated. <laughs> you know, I, can't, I wish I had a good John Madden impression, but I don't. So, but that's not an issue for me, being on time. Not an issue for me. Time is very relative. Uh, this Thanksgiving weekend, we actually had this scenario. It's so we're, we're weird people, okay? So we wanted to leave a house at 9 o'clock, so we texted my family and lied and said, be there at 8.30 so we could leave at 9.15. Is anybody else like that? You gotta, it's twisted. It's like, can we just... But it doesn't matter. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. Everything's relevant. In, in, in fact, when I have a meeting and you show up five minutes late, I'm like, they love me. They see me. <laughs> they want to give me just some time to hang out, you know, and check some emails. It's great. When we were in Kenya, and we asked them what time we were leaving, and they said, today. I said, I like you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, we'll go when we feel like going. That's great. Doesn't bother me at all. But you, you're probably boiling inside. Okay, value violation. Boom, value violation. I'll give you two of mine. The first one's yellow card, just like a minor infraction. Okay, here, here it is. I remember it through this. Remember the janitor. That's a value I have. Always remember the janitor. I grew up in Cairo, moved to St. Labore uh, in second grade. And Carol, I cleaned the school and my church with my mom on the weekends. Nothing humbles a kindergarten boy like cleaning his classmates' boogers off the wall on the weekends. Always remember the janitor. People don't clean up after themselves. There's just, somebody will get it. There's two types of people in the world. This isn't even in the script. I'll give you this, okay? Two types of people in the world. Those who have cleaned glass doors and those who haven't. And you know how you tell the difference? When they touch the glass door. <laughs> That's, you, you've never cleaned a glass door. Okay. I always remember the janitor. Always remember the janitor. If that gets, if someone messes with that, hurts my heart, I get all throw a tizzy, okay? Red card, here it is. Just general unkindness. 
gets me fired up. Like if I'm watching, and there's people walking into a gas station, and there's someone who's going through the door. There's a mom with two kids, you know, and they look back, make eye contact, don't hold that door for that mom. I'm like, you stay here. I'm going to go get them. <laughs> it's like, who do you think you are? I'm like, oh, just upset about that. It's like, mom, I will force them to apologize to you. A general unkindness, a bad customer service. Like when I make a phone call and they act like I'm the problem. I'm like, wait a second, you're here to help me. Why am I the problem? You send me packing and say, sorry, I can't do anything about it. Why'd you even call in the first place? Like, what are you talking about? I'm in three customer service situation right now. I'm just pending. I'm just in a loop of customer service right now. Drives me nuts. General unkindness, not a big fan of it. Always throws me, always. But I have to remember this. Every time that I, I experience unkindness, unkindness always has a story. Unkindness is often misunderstood. Unkind people are typically hurting people. And it actually has nothing to do with you. There's so many situations where someone is unkind to you and it has nothing to do with you. You're just collateral damage in that situation. And Jesus helps us see with new eyes, makes them human again to us. And we see them like he sees them instead of taking it personally. But I don't want to get too ahead of myself here. So I want to show that unkindness has a story. This is Luke chapter 19, verse 1 through 10. This is Zacchaeus, the tax collector. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. Anybody who's been in church for a while, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. There you go. Very insensitive. Okay, moving on. And I have to break here. So when you're reading, when you're reading Scripture, there's always a storyline. Like these authors put these things in order for a reason. So if you back up a chapter, we're in chapter 19, you go back to 18, there's a story. Jesus tells a story, and then he has an interaction. I just want to briefly tell you about these. So the first is a story he's teaching, and he said there was two different people who went to the temple to pray one day. There was a Pharisee and a tax collector. So a Pharisee would have been a, a religious, legalist, like super to the T religion, dead on the inside, perfect on the outside, but didn't really want anything to do with God, loved the, loved the attention of it, okay? So that's who this person is. Second person is a tax collector. Now this is someone who would have been recruited by Rome for the Jews, by the Jews, and to tax their own people, the Jews. So you can see why they're not very popular. They're the ones that are putting people in prison for not paying their taxes. They're the ones that are cheating them out of the, whatever Rome tells them to do, and their own greed, too. Not very popular people. So Jesus says, these two people go to the temple to pray. The Pharisees' prayer goes like this. God, thank you, I'm not like this person. I'm not like this person. I'm not like this person. And thank you, especially thank you, that I am not a tax collector. You know that I tithe, and you know that I fast twice a week, and I look pretty good. Thank you, God. That's his prayer. Tax collector, Jesus tells, doesn't even look up to heaven. Is just so burdened by the way that he is sinning, and he goes, God, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. Please help. And Jesus goes, which one of these went home right with God? It's the tax collector. He goes, anybody who exalts themselves, they'll be humbled. But anybody who humbles themselves will be exalted. Hang on to that, okay? Here's the next story. He's walking along, and a rich young ruler comes to him. And you can kind of tell that the rich young ruler doesn't want anything to do with time with Jesus. This is more transactional. He just, the first thing he says to Jesus is like, hey, how do I get eternal life, the stuff that you're, you know, preaching about? How do I do that? How do I get that? 
and he's just kind of cocky. Like, you can tell that Jesus kind of like, you know, can feel his punk spirit right there. And he goes, well, why don't, you know, you just follow the commands, the commandments. You just follow those. You'd be good. He goes, well, I've been doing those since I was a boy. Could you imagine looking at Jesus in the eye and going, perfect, done, what else? You know, and this is a guy who's got a lot of money. He's probably never met a scenario in which his money and power doesn't get him whatever he wants. You know what I'm saying? So he's coming into that scenario going, I never feel a, a letdown. I always get what I want. So, so Jesus goes, okay, the commandments. He says, I've been doing those since I was a kid. And Jesus goes, I can tell there's something you lack. Why don't you give away all your riches to the poor? Why don't you give away everything you have and then come follow me? And the rich young ruler was stopped in his tracks, left sad, couldn't, couldn't cross that barrier. He didn't want anything to do with Jesus. He didn't want to spend time with Jesus. He just wanted this moment where he got what he wanted. Okay, back to Zacchaeus. So keep in mind these contexts of these stories and how they, how they show Zacchaeus. Because when we start to get to Zacchaeus' storyline, it's the crescendo of these two ideas, this idea, this new tax collector, and not only like a new tax collector, but Zacchaeus is the chief tax collector. That means he's getting a cut of the cut of the cut. He's the kingpin, okay? He's the guy who everyone hates times 10. So here he is. This is verse 3. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. And when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, gossip, bicker to each other. He is gone to be the guest of a sinner. Now, something happens here in this part of the story. We have to remember that Jesus didn't invite Zacchaeus to go pick up Culver's and have a quick lunch and hang out. Like in this day and age, coming over for a meal was a half-day thing. Zacchaeus, as wealthy as he was, had a whole staff at the ready for this. It was probably a long, drawn-out process of a dinner, right? So they're sitting there for hours and hours and hours having conversation. Can you imagine what it would be like to have hours of conversation with Jesus? And him just kindly listening and responding and answering questions. It makes total sense why Zacchaeus responds the way he does here in a little bit. Because there's no way you spend multiple hours with Jesus in conversation or in prayer and don't come away changed in some way. Like you have been through like rooted prayer experience or something, those three-hour experiences that we do in rooted. And yeah, I see not, heads nodding. It's like, because you were intimidated by that. But you go into that. You have this moment where you spend time with Jesus and then you're like, my prayer life's different. The way that I approach scripture is different. Like it just changes you, okay? We continue. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay it back four times the amount. Then Jesus said, today salvation has come to this house. Because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. He has time to seek and save the lost. He has time for Zacchaeus and he has time for you. Now, do you think that Zacchaeus was guilted into doing this? I don't think so. We see the rich young ruler a, a chapter before in this thing where he just wanted this transaction and Jesus didn't really like, you know, but here's Zacchaeus out of the kindness and the time that he spent with Jesus out of his heart, the kindness that Jesus gave him overflowed into his world around him. 
You see the contrast of the tax collector who went in to pray and has this repentant heart and Jesus saying, that's the one who's right with God. And you see Zacchaeus repenting and saying, hey, if I've done anything wrong, I'm going to make it right. And Jesus is celebrating once again. Now, the point here isn't that if you're rich, which, by the way, all of us are rich. Everybody in this room, like, you have to remember this. You can't just be thinking about that one lady or that one guy when you hear these stories about rich people. Because you're rich, too, you with clean water and a refrigerator. You probably have $1,500 of technology on you at this point, at this moment, between your watch and your phone. You probably drove here in a car, and you probably shivered when Jesus said, give away everything you have to the poor and follow me, no matter how not rich you feel. So is the point here that wealth makes you unkind? Nope. The point here is that when you experience the kindness of Jesus, you'll do all sorts of crazy things. When you experience the kindness of Jesus, you will do all sorts of crazy kind things. And out of all the things that keep us from being kind, yeah, sure, maybe money does once in a while. Yeah, I'm sure it does. Absolutely it does. But of all the things that keep us from being unkind, I've got to take a stab at this one. We aren't kind because we don't have time. We just don't have time. I don't have time for it. I think we're the biggest jerks when we're in a hurry. Think about the last time you regretted how you treated someone. Chances are you were in a rush, you felt pressed for time, and you were in a hurry. Think about those who interpretive dance their feelings on 281 with two fingers after being cut off with the Love Unlimited sticker on the back. It's because you're in a hurry. You're in a hurry, you're rushed, and you treat people in a way that you wouldn't treat them otherwise, but I don't have time for you. I don't have time for you. I don't have time for this. We just don't have time for kindness, especially this time of year. You're too busy to listen to your neighbor Jerry tell his stories about his car project, even though you know it would lead to a deeper conversation and possibly lead to a friendship, and then you could invite him in to church. You could invite him into the gospel, but you don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. You're too busy to stop and ask how people's day is going at the grocery store. Instead, you do the really fast wave, and then you kind of like exaggerate your pedal to make sure that they know that you're in a hurry so you don't have time to talk. You're too busy to listen to your wife's heart while she's in a painful season. Have her call her mom. Have her call her mom. I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm constantly busy. You're too busy to be the hype squad for your husband who just fixed the hole in the wall you asked him to fix. And he's like, honey, check out this wall. I put, you, you could tell that I sanded it. You can't even see the hole is there. And you're like, I'm too busy. Yeah, it's great. It's fine. It's fine. Wives, husbands just want hype squad. I'm telling you, I, I don't have time for this. But I was driving on Engelman one day, and I saw this couple. They were like in their 50s. And there's a guy up on his roof. He was working on the shingles. And his wife had pulled out the end table and the, and the living room chair and had eliminated a, a newspaper just sitting on the lawn watching him. Just watching him. I was like, she gets it. She gets it. Because he's turning around once in a while and going, you know what I mean? She's like, good job, honey. <laughs> Ladies, your husband just wants a hype man. He just wants a hype squad. Just like, you are incredible at fixing that hole in the wall. You are incredible. Yeah. Just wants a hype. Okay, back to it. What are we doing? Okay. <sighs> You're too busy. You're too busy. I don't have time for it. No room for it. I think the biggest reason we are jerks as adults is because we feel like we don't have time. 
Kindness always requires you to slow down. Kindness always requires you to listen. Kindness always requires you to put others before yourself. But we as humans have a heck of a time humbling ourselves for the sake of others. Do you think for one second it's any coincidence that in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the first on the list is patience and then kindness? Probably because without patience, you have no kindness. You see that? If you don't have time, you can't be kind. If you're too much in a hurry, if you don't give people the light of day, you can't be kind. Jesus said, all those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Like, I'm just too busy. I'm too important. I'm more important than this person, that person, that person. They need to get out of my way. And I can't believe that they're in this line with just one item when they could go to that. Yeah, you're a big deal. We get it. Those who exalt themselves will be humbled. I don't know when that's going to happen. But that's what Jesus says. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. That's what he says. Be celebrated. So if I could encourage you to look at one broken piece of kindness in your world, it would be through this question and a kindest thing. Who do you not have time for? Who do you just not have time for? I'm asking the same question. I'm thinking of these people in my life. I just don't have time for them. And I just want to like seriously give you a second. I'm not going to talk a whole lot. Who do you not have time for? Maybe it's your kids. Just busy. Sorry, honey. I can't come look at your coloring thing. Too busy. Got stuff going on. Maybe it's your wife. Maybe it's your husband. Your grandma, your grandpa, your mom, your dad. The person at work that annoys you. Who do you just not have time for? You're just too important. I don't think it's going to work if I end this message by telling you, so try to be more kind. Because if that were the case, you would have been kind by now. You would have figured it out. First of all, you don't have time for that. (laughs) Second of all, nobody's being kind to you, so why would you be kind? And third of all, you have no time for that. This is where we remember that it all comes down to whether you're all in on following Jesus or not. It really is. And if you're here today and you have no idea who Jesus is and you got dragged along because it was drug or dragged, I don't know, dragged? Dragged along to church because you were in town for Thanksgiving and you're like, yeah, I'll come, whatever, it's fine. Hey, I respect you. I've been there. I know what that feels like to be in these seats. Hey, no pressure, no pressure. And if you're not following Jesus, you can still be kind. Some of the kindest people I know aren't following Jesus. Isn't that weird? And some of the meanest people I know are following Jesus. Isn't that weird? You can still be kind if you're not following Jesus, but it's going to come with this flavor of the Pharisee of bickering and gossiping and thanking God that you're not like them, whoever them is, looking down on people. But if you are following Jesus, or at least interested in it, You have to remember that he was kind to you first. Jesus was kind to you first. And that's why you be kind to other people. So it's not true that nobody else is being kind to you. It's not true. Your kindness will only extend and overflow from you holding Jesus' kindness in your heart. 
the core of who you are. Now, I don't know what Jesus said to Zacchaeus. Man, what I would give to be a fly on the wall to just hear an hour's worth of conversation, two hours worth of conversation between Jesus and Zacchaeus to see how nervous Zacchaeus was and how Jesus calmed him by relating and listening. That would have been magical. That would have been amazing to see. To see to the point where Zacchaeus could have been vulnerable and feel known and valued and loved by Jesus and to hear Jesus' poetic and earth-shaking logic in his storytelling would have just blown me away. But all we get is this eruption of Zacchaeus' heart into kindness. And like I said, do you think Zacchaeus was guilted into that? Absolutely not. Because the chapter before, the rich young ruler just wanted that transaction with Jesus and walked away. It had to be the, con- the, the difference maker in this scenario is time spent. Do you see that? Time spent. They're the same person. Time spent. It shows us something. Do you want Jesus or not? Do you want Jesus' kindness or not? Something tells me that the time Zacchaeus spent with Jesus, he found that his way was way better. Jesus' way was way better than anything that money could buy. And that's why money didn't have hold over him anymore. You and I have both been there. All we think about is money. All we worry about is money. All we want is more money. Captive under that. Zacchaeus experiences the kindness of Jesus and goes, doesn't matter. I don't care anymore. I don't care. I'm not going to tell you to try harder to be more kind, but I am going to tell you to remember how kind Jesus has been to you. Jesus promises that he is not and will never be too busy for you. Sometimes we often, often, we dismiss God by thinking he's got better things to do. He's super busy. Why would he mess with little old me? That's such a Nebraska way of thinking, isn't it? Like, Nebraska is like, well, just bite your lip, give her heck, and don't bother anybody while you do it. You know, <laughs> like, that's, that's the Nebraska way. And if your neighbor offers you a burger, say no, because you don't want to put them out a burger. You know what I'm saying? And then we pass out these, like, amazing opportunities. God has all the time in the world for you. He wouldn't have died for you. In the, in the Old Testament, in, in Psalms, in the Psalms, it talks about how the iniquities of David outnumber the hairs on his head, okay? There's this picture, like there's more problems in my world than the hairs on my head. And then Jesus talks about worry in the New Testament, and he says, every hair on your head is known. Don't worry about tomorrow. He already knows everything that's going on in your world. Every wrong, every unkind thing that has been done to you, and all the unkind things you're doing. Jesus has all the time in the world for you, and he promises that he will be with you always until the end of the age, that he'll be closer to you and listen closer to you than a brother, constantly available, constantly listening, constantly kind to meet you where you're at. Jesus once taught that there is no greater love, no greater kindness than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friends, and we think of the cross. Jesus calls you friend, and he laid his life down for you. Now, I just want to enter this time of prayer. I just want to give you some space, because here I am talking about hurry and being too busy for everything. I want to just give you a moment. And maybe you've never prayed, and you can do this at home. If you're joining us online, you can do this at home, too. You're very much included in this. I want to just give you a moment to be here. Maybe you haven't prayed in a long time, and you need to be reintroduced to God. I'm here, I'll help you. Maybe you pray a lot, but it's robotic. And that's fine. 
I just don't want this to be that. I don't want this to be that. So yeah, it might be weird, but we're going to do it because we're doing a bunch of new stuff today. So just close your eyes, bow your head. Just take a posture of prayer and I'll lead you through this, okay? You're not alone. It'll be fine. For those of you who are following Jesus, you need to remember the kindness that has been given to you. Pray about that now. Maybe you need to tell God that you've taken it for granted. That you're sorry. And that you want that kindness back. Maybe it's just praise. Maybe you're just like, God, you're so good. You've been so kind to me. I was dead in my sin. And you know all the things I've done wrong, yet you choose me. You choose to love me. And for those of you in the room who aren't following Jesus, you have no idea what I'm talking about. None of this makes sense, but you're like, man, being valued and being known and being loved by the creator of the universe sounds pretty good. I'll promise you that God's going to meet you where you're at with his kindness. And maybe all you got to do is go, hi, God, I'm John. I know you know me. I want to know you. Okay, moving on. Now I need you to pray what God wants you to do with that person who you just don't have time for. Where's God already at work in that situation? Where's he moving? Ask God what you need to do to humble yourself so you can be exalted instead of exalting yourself. Saying you're too busy, you're too good for them. Amen. This week, don't just try to be more kind. Don't do it. Let the kindness of Jesus enter your heart and let that be the overflow of kindness you give to people who are annoying, who you don't want to spend time with. Maybe you need to say sorry. Maybe you need to change. God's going to meet you right where you're at. Right where you're at. Out of that overflow flex that kindness muscle and figure out how to spend some time. Take some time. I know you're busy and important. Can you love somebody else? Okay. And see what God does with that. Might flip your whole world upside down. Maybe Jesus isn't asking you to give up all your money. But maybe Jesus is asking you to give up your time. Jesus was the most interruptible person ever on the planet. If you read any of the Gospels, he's walking somewhere, someone needs help, he turns and he helps them. He might not even get there for three more days. Maybe allow yourself to be interrupted. Be kind because of the kindness that's given to you. That's the heart of kindness. That's the heart of love unlimited. It really is. So we're going to take communion and we're going to remember the moment that Jesus was kind to us on the cross. So don't leave today thinking, I'll try harder. I'll do better. I'll, I'll fix it. I'll, I'll make it better. I got a two-step plan. I'm going to make it. That's not the gospel. That's not the gospel. The gospel is 
you're broken, you're a sinner, you need help, God comes to you and meets you right where you're at and picks you up and walks with you. That's the gospel. It's not let me get my act together so that God loves me. That's not true. That's not true. God will meet you right where you're at. If you read the gospels, man, I wish, if I could have one prayer just come true right now, it's that all you would just sit down and read the gospel so you could get to know who Jesus was and figure out whether he's worth following or not. And you will see a man that is more interesting than any man you have ever written about. And then it is just, okay. So when you read through there, you will see time and time again that he walks up to a guy that's fishing, meets him right where he's at, and he goes, follow me. And he begins to start his work in him. He didn't say, go home, clean up, memorize some stuff, make sure that you clean up your social media, make sure all that stuff has all gone away, thrown in the trash can, and then come back, and then we got some stuff to do. He says, follow me right where he's at. So I don't know where you're at with your faith. I don't know if you're here and you're praising God, you're like, man, I have just, the strongholds that have been broken in my life, praise Jesus, I'm gonna just, I don't know if you've tried faith and then, you, you know, things got busy and you didn't, I don't know where you're at. I don't know if your heart's a stone. Maybe your heart's been a spiritual stone and sinking to the bottom of the lake for the last 10 years. I don't know. God's going to meet you right where, he's, where you're at. Jesus always meets you right where you're at and shows you kindness. And that's how you become kind. That's how you become kind. And maybe the people who you've been thinking about, who you need to give some time to, who have you just been too busy for? Maybe it is that neighbor. Maybe it is that friend. And you've been wanting to invite them to church, but you haven't spent any time listening to them. You haven't gotten to know them. You don't even know their kids' names. You don't even know his last name. Guy friendship, right? All we know is their first name. It's like, yeah, it's Doug. I have no idea who he is. You know? <laughs> maybe listen to him for a little bit. Ask him some questions. And then maybe you would have the right to invite them into it. Right? And here's the thing. People are more open to giving church a chance during the holiday season than ever. So if you want to shoot your shot, this is it. You got that one person. And here's the deal. I'll make you a deal. I'll make you a sweet deal. I make this deal with element students all the time. You invite them, we'll preach the gospel, okay? You don't have to explain it all. You have to do all that. We'll sing the gospel. We'll preach the gospel. You just get them here, and we'll tell them all about Jesus every single time. And if, hey, try this and say, hey, and if it's bad, I'll buy you canes, you know? (laughs) If you don't like it, I'll buy you lunch, okay? This holiday, this Christmas is an opportunity for you to, to invite somebody in to what God's doing, not only in your world, but here in Grand Island, in Custer County, and around the world. Um, we want to preach the gospel to every, every person who would listen. So have that person in mind. We're looking forward to Christmas here at Third City. Thanks for listening to the Third City Christian Church Podcast. Please join us for one of our worship services at 9, 10, 15, or 11.30 a.m. in Grand Island and at 10, 15 a.m. in Broken Bow on Facebook Live and at thirdcityc.online.church each Sunday. For more information about Third City Christian Church, send email to podcast at thirdcityc.org. Call us at 308-384-5038 or visit us online at thirdcityc.org.